Sci-Fi Fans is the official podcast of science fiction author W.A. Blinko. Before today's episode, I'd just like to mention how this podcast is made. Thank you so much for listening to that short advert. It really does help this podcast. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hi and welcome to Sci-Fi Fans, I'm Wayne and uh, this is the third and final part in my Creating James Bond series. So here is just a few highlights of the previous shows that you may have missed. If you weren't aware, Ian Fleming actually got the name of James Bond from the author James Bond. The real life James Bond was an ornithologist and avid birdwatcher. Ian Fleming took characteristics from the people that he worked with within the Naval Intelligence Service as well as characteristics from his eldest brother, Peter, who he respected a great deal to kind of give Bond his mannerisms. Ian Fleming would return to the traditional format in the ninth book in the series, Thunderball, released on the 27th of March in 1961 and published by Jonathan Cape. It had an initial print run of just under 51,000 copies, which sold out relatively quickly. At the time, it was the first novelisation of an unfilmed James Bond screenplay and was the result of a collaboration by five people, including Ian Fleming, obviously, um, Kevin McCleary, Jack Whittingham, Ivor Bruce and Ernest Carano, with McCleary and Whittingham needing to go to court to be given the credit for the story. Thunderball would be adapted into a film twice, The first on-screen adaptation was indeed Thunderball, released in 1965, and this was the fifth film in the franchise, with Sean Connery as James Bond. It would then be adapted again for Never Say Never Again, which was released in 1983, also starring Sean Connery as Bond. For the the ninth novel in the series, The Spy Who Loved Me, Ian Fleming uh, would change the style once more using a first-person perspective by a young Canadian woman, Vivian Mitchell. In the book, Bond does not actually appear until approximately two-thirds of the way in, and Ian Fleming wrote a prologue to the novel, giving Mitchell credit as a co-author. Released on the 16th of April in 1962, again published by Jonathan Cape. The Spy Who Loved Me is the shortest and most explicit of Ian Fleming's Bond novels. The title of the book would be used for the 10th film in the franchise, released in 1977. It would also be Roger Moore's third outing as Bond, but the film would not use any plot elements from the book. Ian Fleming was writing the 10th James Bond novel, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, whilst filming for the first Bond film, Dr No, was being carried out locally to him in Jamaica. On Her Majesty's Secret Service was released on the 1st of April in 1963, and it sold out of its print run of over 60,000 copies in the first month. On Her Majesty's Secret Service introduced a few new elements, and uh, these were kind of things that they hadn't experienced or explored with Bond's character. Bond's character was showing a more emotional side to him than in previous books, Bond also got married, although the marriage was destined to end when his wife is killed, spoiler, at the end of the book, (laughs) by the villain Blofeld. The um, film adaptation would be the sixth film in the franchise and the only one that would star George Lazenby as Bond. 
The eleventh novel of Ian Fleming's James Bond series would be the last book published while the author was still alive. You Only Live Twice was published on the 26th of March in 1964 and sold out quickly. Now we find our hero James Bond eight months after the events of the previous novel on Her Majesty's Secret Service and so this is eight months after his wife Tracy was murdered by the character Blowfield. James Bond himself, himself has fallen into depression and drinking and gambling. His main focus and this is causing him to make mistakes while he's on assignments. This novel deals with Bond's, you know, James Bond's changing character on many personal levels from depression to a man in mourning and then obviously becoming a man of action. It's also about revenge and pre-orders for the book in the UK totaled 62,000 copies and it received mixed reviews. You Only Live Twice film adaptation was the eighth entry in the franchise starring Sean Connery as Bond. Eight months after Ian Fleming's death, so it was released, a lot of coincidences there, it was released eight months after his death. It's set eight months after the previous book. So it's funny how life can sometimes mimic or fiction can mimic reality and you don't really notice it until you look back um so the man with the golden gun is the 12th and final novel in the james bond series and it was also the 13th bond book overall it was published in the uk receiving critical but polite reviews despite this it went on to be a bestseller now i know what you're thinking if the book was published after ian fleming's death how did they do it well, quite simply, Ian Fleming had actually started the uh, the book and he had completed the first draft and also was starting part of the editing process before he passed. The manuscript was then handed over to his editor, William Plummer, but it wasn't a complete book. It wasn't polished and some of the aspects weren't fleshed out as this is something that Ian Fleming would do in the second draft as part of his writing process. The uh, usual publisher, Jonathan Cape, passed the manuscript to Kingsley Amis for his thoughts and advice. Uh, his advice on the story, uh, he suggested a few additions and ideas, but these were not used. The film adaptation in 1974 was very loosely based on the book. It was the ninth film in the franchise and starred Roger Moore as Bond. The villain, however, Scaramanga, was played by none other than Ian Fleming's cousin, Christopher Lee. The 14th and final James Bond book to be written by Ian Fleming is the, in this is in the Bond series, was of course Octopussy and the Living Daylights. Now the book was a collection of short stories that were published after the author's death in the United Kingdom by Jonathan Cape on the 23rd of June 1966. Originally there were only two stories in the book, Octopussy and the Living Daylights, with the, uh, the poetry of a lady and 007 in New York being added to later editions. The stories were first published in different publications. Octopussy was serialised in the uh, Daily Express in October 1965 and The Living Daylights first appeared in the Sunday Times on the 4th of February 1962. The poetry of a lady was commissioned by Sotheby's for the 1963 edition of the journal. The Ivory Hammer, so the journal was the Ivory Hammer, sorry, <clears throat> whilst 007 in New York first appeared in the New York Herald Turbine in October, the, in October 1963. 
This final book, though, would have a big influence on the film franchise. Octopussy, with star Roger Moore, and was released in 1983, was the 13th film in the franchise, um, providing the backstory for the film Octopussy with the poetry of a lady, closely adapted for the action sequences in the film. The Living Daylights was released in 1987 and was the 15th Bond film and the first one to star Timothy Dalton as Bond. Meanwhile, 007 in New York provided character and plot elements for the, um, the first Daniel Craig Bond film Casino Royale, as well as supplying a few elements for Quantum of Solace. So um, there you go. That's, that's where I'm going to bring this episode to a conclusion. Um, thank you so much for joining me and listening to me go on through the history of James Bond and Ian Fleming. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as I have certainly enjoyed researching and putting together it for you. Um, yeah, just leaves me to say thank you very much for joining me. If you found this podcast interesting, may I ask that you take a few moments out of your time to give it a thumbs up on whatever platform you're listening to me on and just write a review again on whatever platform you're listening to me on and spread the word um thank you so much for your time and i hope you'll join me next week for some more movie trivia although not quite movie trivia next week i've um actually become a volunteer at the national film and tv museum in the uk so the next episode will be uh, my experiences of my first day volunteering in the museum so again thank you very much for joining me Take care of yourselves and don't forget to come back next week. Cheers. Before I go, I'd just like to mention that I have a YouTube channel, Sci-Fi Fans, and TikTok channel, Sci-Fi Fans. I also have a website where you can find out about my latest projects and more about my books. And that's wayneblinko.com. W-A-Y-N-E-B-L-I-N-K-O dot com. And uh, yeah, that's just where I'm going to wrap up this episode. Thank you very much for listening. And I look forward to seeing you on the other platforms. And um, yeah, take care of yourselves. Until next week. Bye.